Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. I would I wouldn't say that we are so ready, but that's that's not allowed on this show. No. Nope. I'm actually slow ready. <laughs> hey Megan, hey Brian. Hey. RJ, Megan, how are you guys doing? Man, we're back. We're, we're back. back. Just like that. I'm so Just happy like we're back. Trey was so excited. I mean, he's so always excited, excited, but he's he seemed especially excited. I feel like I've never heard him actually acknowledge that this is this tour. Like he he actually welcomed people to summer tour, which is kind of a phrase mm-hmm. that fans use all the time. You know, like we we have our our names for for all these th- sort of things, and you never hear the band be like, "This is our summer tour." And like Trey really really leaned into that. I felt like there was a he must know something. You know, he must know that the band is going to play well this summer. That must be what it is. They're certainly I felt excited. Like he kept- he kept like looking at the audience and just like smiling and being like, it's like, I felt like I was overhearing something you'd hear on law. Like, I can't believe summer tour is back. Like this is the best. <laughs> like that's what Trey was saying. It was so cute. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, okay. So we promised that we would keep these true to our name, which is quick hits. So we're going to do it. Um, I guess I first, you just need to say that we've been posting a little bit, but just if you're listening to this or watching, save the date, August 5th, it's a Saturday. It's the last day of the MSG show. We're going to do something in New York in the afternoon to celebrate our 10th anniversary. And we will, we will release more details soon. And Brian, that goes for you too. So you better, you know, mark that on your calendar. <laughs> it's on the calendar. Um, all right. So we have the first, the show in, yeah, six and a half months or so, right? No, no. I guess they played in Mexico. I was there. That was and, they played, there. and they played, and they played a spring tour. How, right. <laughs> how, how in the world are we all forgetting the spring tour here? 
<laughs> uh, wow, great. we're rusty. We're a little we've rusty. Had, we've had it's quite okay. a bit of fish uh, thus far this year. It's been really nice to get. Uh, it's similar to last year where we had Mexico, we had MSG, and then we had that mini, mini little end of May, early June tour. We mm-hmm. had... Um, you know, the uh, the hors d'oeuvres ahead of summer tour. We got to get a sense of where the band was at and check in with them every couple of months. It was really nice. I, I, I like this approach to each year. Uh, yeah, I do too. And apparently I don't remember any of it. Um, but it does, <laughs> it feels like it's been a long time. But um, it's cool that like the city, like you said, Brian, the summer tour, officially everyone's everyone's on board. Um, so Huntsville, Alabama, the, the home to many PhDs, <clears throat> What do you guys think of the first set? Or should we should we read the first set or should we just go into it and talk about some highlights? I think you should read the first set and then we can just kind of share our highlights from it. Okay. So the opener was not the song that Brian called, unfortunately. But <laughs> no. we got we got a Blaze On. <laughs> I'm not gonna comment on these songs, I promise. Blaze On, Martian Monster, Moma Dance, Haley's Comet, into 46 Days, Back on the Train, 555, You Enjoy Myself into Santos. Um, yeah, the blaze on, you know, sets the tone. It's kind of a, like, it's a good, good way to, to kick it off. But, um, yeah, there were like four songs in, you know, 20 minutes. So I think they, they were kind of just getting the feel for it. But what do you guys have in terms of highlights? For me, the big highlight of the set, of first set was the 46 days. Um, and the whole reason for it, it kind of ties into one of my big highlights from set two was, um, you you could hear the sounds from the Trey tour Trey trio shows really seeping in that kind of big meaty fat guitar sound that Trey had uh, in early June when he played out here at the Mission. Um, Mike sounded really loud. Fishman sounded just like propulsive in his playing. There was just like a lot of weight behind it, a lot of feeling. Um, that to me was the moment during the first set where I was like, okay you can start to hear a new sound that's being incorporated. That's like plucked from various side projects. Um, but you also hear kind of a classic thing that tends to happen on a fish tour where an older song, which 46 days is now 20 years old, which is absolutely wild, but an older song like that starts to fuse with newer sounds and you start to hear kind of the directions, at least as a hint, it's, it's tough to predict things this early in a tour, but, um, early on you get a sense of where the band is going. So that was my biggest highlight of set one aside from that it felt very much like we're settling into tour we're playing some songs that are fairly straightforward fairly easy for us to get through high energy give the chance give the chance for the band to you know get reacquainted with the crowd give it a chance for the crowd to get that sensation of oh my god we're back it's fish tour not too much more than that and i don't really think it necessarily needs to be yeah, I agree. I thought the 46 Days was awesome. They sounded really tight. I love that kind of dark, growly jam that they're mm. getting into a lot. It's just like really meaty and growly, like you were saying, Brian. I also think Trey's tone just stood out to me so much during the show. He sounded incredible. And when they're playing that kind of like dark, growly jam and then Trey just comes soaring out of it, it's just like just perfect. But the other moment that I really liked from set one was the You Enjoy Myself. I felt like the sun started to set and you just hear those first few notes and it's like, yeah, this is like the perfect song to play here. It was just perfect placement, really nice sonic landscapes that they've been doing. They'd some of that in Mexico too, like before the trampoline, they've been really building with those like textures and layers there. It sounds so good. I hope they kind of like push into that direction, but it was super delicate, effortless, just really beautiful. You enjoy myself. They sounded really good. Mike sounded in 
incredible. I thought this whole show, like you were saying, Brian, I think his levels are really good. I thought the mixing was perfect for the show. And I thought that was my other favorite moment from set one. Yeah. I mean, I, like the, you enjoy myself in the first set of the first show is a bold call. You know, I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I appreciated that for sure. I thought that the sound, um, especially like the effects, I don't, I didn't really notice. I think you were saying, someone was saying that mic was louder. It sounds like, like I didn't hear a lot of new equipment or new sounds or new like mm -hmm. toys. It sounded pretty similar to, to spring in Mexico, but um, you know, the, the, those Denver shows, you saw one of those, Brian, I mean, they, they were really dark. Like all the jams were dark and it seems mm -hmm. like Trey's kind of carrying that over. Yeah, I mean, what was interesting to me about those shows was um, with a trio, there's no room to hide. And so all three members are front and center. And you got that a lot with Trey that I felt like the first night of the Trey trio shows, kind of similar to tonight. I, I don't think that he, they necessarily knew, Trey knew exactly like how far in front of things he wanted to be. He's sometimes very aggressive. He comes across sometimes arrogant in a really good way, but also some, sometimes comes across very tender and very vulnerable. And it felt like the first night of that Trey trio uh, uh, weekend, he came across an, on a very vulnerable side. And then by night two and night three, there was a lot of confidence and there was a lot of just like that strut and that like, you know, he would hold his guitar in a way that felt like he owned that instrument and he owned what was happening. And you got that in moments uh, last night. It did feel, um, I don't want to say tepid, but it did definitely feel at times like let's not overstep here. Let's, let's let song selections like you enjoy myself in the first set or um, kind of what happened towards the back end of the show, which we'll talk about really define that like we're putting our stamp on things um, rather than let's uh, um, you know, let's come out and just like destroy this entire venue the way that they did night one in Seattle. Mm. Um, we, that's great. Look at this. We're, we're being quick. We promise. Quick, quick. Um, all three of us, Ryan Storm said, Brian looks dapper and I look formal. I think it's because I have a collar on my shirt for the first time in <laughs> God knows how long. Um, I guess Megan I just look looks, normal. Megan just looks great, too. I was going to say, Megan, you look wonderful. Thanks, look guys. amazing. Um, so, okay. okay. If Ryan doesn't think so. Ryan, I'm just going to wait for my compliment from you. It's fine. You're, ju you're just his co-host. That's all it is at this yeah, point. Yeah, I guess so. Sorry. <laughs> Takes you for granted. Gosh. <laughs> all right. Really. So set two, we get a, we get, we get down with disease out of the way. It, you know, some people might say that, but it starts with 2001 into down with disease, into twist, into maze, lonely trip, oblivion debut, chalk dust, encore, meat stick, magasupa. Fuck your face, Iculus character zero, quite an encore for wow. the first show of the tour. But um, I guess, you know, the 2001 into Down with Disease, maybe we tackled that first. Um, How do you guys feel about that that jam, first first jam of the, of the tour? Yeah, I was excited. I think anytime they open up set two with 2001, that's like hitting me where I like it. At first, I was like, wow, I've been listening to too much Goose because I was like, it kind of sounds like they're going to cover Drip Field right now. I mean, they're not, but like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it was a great call to open the set with that. And, you know, I really loved what they've been doing with 2001 lately. Like, I thought the Mexico version was really awesome. Like, I think they've been hitting it really well. And yeah, this Down with Disease is a great little jam. Like, when Paige went to the piano, it was so rich, really, really delicate and pretty. There's some really nice echoing on that first peak. And then the second peak was just beautiful. And Trey, again, sounding incredible. I, I thought this was like the strongest moment jam wise of the show. 
It was the first 2001 set to opener since 1231 2016, which felt notable to really? me. They also opened, yeah. Wow. Um, nice. They also opened 72316 with it, which is a show that for listeners out there, if you have not gone back and listened to it, that is one of my favorite shows of 2016. Um, but I say that because it's not really something that they do uh, these days. Um, back in the late 90s, 2001 was kind of like you penciled it in along with Down, Down with Disease as a set opener, and it just really worked in that setting. To your point, Meg, like over the last couple of years, they've just expanded that song and allowed the space within the peaks to really, you know, just settle in and become part of the jam, which was part of the magic of it in the late 90s. And, um, you know, 10 minute version, really solid intro, Fishman on the Marimba Luminas, an instrument that um, for whatever reason, it's been there for 10 years and it rarely gets used in jam settings. It always seems to be used in Mercury, Scent of a Mule and not much else. It was really cool to see that be kind of a feature in the intro there. Um, the Down with Disease, I re-listened to it this morning. It was a pretty solid, you know, blissful C major type peak. When I listened back to it, though, um, Page's levels and Page, you know, his 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 lead playing on the on the Baby Grand was probably my highlight of that overall jam. Um, it felt as though about 15 minutes in, it was drifting into a minor key and could have gone into a little bit more of an expansive jam, but um, they opted for Twist, which similar to the 46 Days was one of my early highlights of the second set. Had that feel of that kind of Trey trio growl from Trey. I thought that that was a really impressive jam that, um, you know, I, I think maybe two weeks from now, they let that expand a little bit more like that mm-hmm. down with disease, the twist, get a little bit more time to breathe. So you're opening night a tour. You're just kind of testing the waters, seeing what happens. Um, I kept thinking back and forth between this show and the Seattle show because the Seattle show that opened the spring tour was such a shocking show. It had this brilliant wave of hope. It had this brilliant golden age, both centerpiece jams that have been huge re-listens for me throughout the year. And I was thinking about the difference between starting an eight-show run versus starting a 22-show tour, whatever this mm-hmm. is going to end up being. Plus, this has that like mini Baker's dozen feel. And I think that you know the biggest difference is they're settling in for weeks on the road here and want to test a few things out rather than saying, we got to throw everything at this show because if this show doesn't hit – what's going to happen over this, uh, the, the, uh, subsequent seven nights. So few b- bits and, uh, bits and moments there. Um, big highlight for me later though, in the second set that we'll get to. Yeah. I think the down disease, you know, followed a, a pretty nice, like it was multi-part, you know, it had, it had a yeah. little bit of diversity, but, but it did like build on that kind of major key bliss stuff with like you mentioned, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just lonely trip is, is, just just to skip over a couple things and you guys can go back if you want to but <laughs> lonely trip remains the best landing spot after the gym and a pretty good maze here too like pretty well played it definitely rehearsed i think and lonely trip is just man what a beautiful song yeah i don't think any song i have yet to hear a song by any artist uh that captures that like vibe of the middle of the pandemic when yeah. um you're separate from everyone and you kind of hope that, you know, you can reconnect with people. And I, I know people who have, who have lost people significant, uh, to them who speak, uh, about that song, really having a connection to them. It's, it's one of those lyrically and, and then you add the music to it and it just hits in a very, very heavy way. I think what's cool about that song too, is it is so specific to that like quarantine pandemic moment, but then it's also super translatable. Like you can take that message outside of the context of that and it still kind of hits just as deep, beautiful, 
just timeless song. So nice. You know, I wasn't super into the maze, but I felt like the tempo felt a little off. But yeah. um, but I but I was glad that they went to Lonely Trip. And I feel like they kind of like, once again, those newer songs kind of help steer Trey's ship in the way that he wants to go. And I think that really paid off in Oblivion, which was so exciting to hear. I was just, you know, I knew it's been played on Trey Tour. And it was just so exciting to hear them play this song. I think the lyrics are incredible. You know, shout out to Tom and Trey for writing such a cool song. It's got such a, a mood to it. It's super vibey. It's like, and this jam too felt really contemplative. It's like darker, but not necessarily evil, which I thought was really cool. Again, playing right into that kind of growly place and has this really great riff that's like perfect for expanding on. You know, it has that, you can hear the riff being like stretched out throughout the jam, which I think is so great. Really spacey, really juicy. Paige was playing like really gooey stuff. I love this. I want this to go like super long and I can't wait till it does. I'm really excited about that. I feel like this, this part was definitely like, I think my highlight of the whole entire show, the song and maybe the chalk dust next. Yeah. New songs just tend to rule fish these days. <laughs> um, if you go back through, I want to say from like 2018, 19 onwards, the new songs that they've written that came out in like the 2015, 17 batch, and then now the 4.0 songs, Soul Free, Everything is Right, um, Soul Planet, you know, these are songs that I think get derided for a variety of reasons. And, you know, you can have your debate on the quality of the song, but what is clear is that these are the songs that really seem to inspire the band and inspire the band from an improvisational standpoint. And I think like you guys, for me, what I'm going to always go back to with a show and what always defines a really quality tour, really quality show for me is the re-listenability factor. The show happens. It's a one-time thing. What are you going to go back to? What are you going to re-listen to? What, are you, what is going to continue to evoke new ideas and kind of shock and surprise you in ways? And Oblivion fit that perfectly. It's, you know, just if, if there's anything to like go into a fish tour with the right headspace, it's surrender to these new songs because these new songs are what are going to ultimately define the quality of things and to your points meg it felt abstract it felt like they were in um kind of uncharted territory it felt like from a jamming standpoint they were in spaces that felt new and kind of dangerous to them as musicians um it didn't uh cater to all right let's just jump into d major and ride this to mm -hmm. a peak there's no real way to turn this into like attention and release jam unless you jam it extensively and find yourself in that space so being kind of in the pocket of the song while exploring kind of the outer edges of it allows them the opportunity to really just be in a new musical space. I found really fascinating. We listened to it twice this morning and that catered then in a lot of cases to the chalk dust, which I was texting with a really good friend about it this morning. It feels like every time chalk dust is played since they came back after COVID, it's this song that like it could be 12 minutes and it has this like seven minute segment of abstract jamming that just blows your mind apart. Last night kind of got into this shoegaze zone, like those two songs to mm. close out the set, probably my favorite moment of the entire show. And, you know, a very strange structural feeling to the show where like you get towards the end of things. Usually this is when they're throwing Santos and Zero and Susie Greenberg and just like fun rock songs out. And instead they're exploring new terrain that feels like that could uh, move nicely into tonight's show. Yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Like the the new material is the is the 
is what gives them That's the right. lifeblood for for jamming, you know. And that yeah. definitely, it seems like there's more. Um, I I there's more coming. I think I just want to go back to Lonely Trip, the, the album, because there's like 15 songs on there. We've heard most of them, but there's still a lot in there that that could be that could be played. And the Tom Scott Trey combos, like um, Lonely Trip and and many of the others on there are just so good. Um, I just love that album. I feel like that album kind of got mm-hmm. left behind a little bit as they started making new stuff. Um, but so maybe there's more that, that can, that can come out of that, but um, just I on oblivion. Just, yeah, go I ahead. just want to acknowledge to your point, cause I think you're absolutely right. And I think if you look back, like you run through ghosts of the forest, lonely trip, mercy and January, the record that Trey recently released with page, he as a songwriter right now is just at a completely different level than he was Mm -hmm. even 10 years ago. And I think that there's a lot of confidence there's leaning into that vulnerability. And there were a ton of songs that were debuted or played for the first time in a long time at those trade trio shows. I hope spill over into fish tour and oblivion is literally just the tip of that. Yeah, it was, um, so they played, Tab played Oblivion on Friday night in Asbury. I was with Tom for that. And I was texting with Tom this morning. And just, I think everyone knows this, but um, this is one of the, I guess Tom said seven or eight songs that they wrote together this year um, on the water in Maryland. And he said about this song, Trey immediately said, this is a fish song. And obviously Tom is hoping, <laughs> yeah. hoping that the other seven make the jump as well. But um, Tom really loves this song. So it was cool to, to hear it with Tab and now with Fish. Um, Justin, great call on Oblivion by YR. Young Ryan, I have to say it was a it was a good call, but it was, you know, I saw it coming. Didn't we all see it coming? <laughs> didn't we all see yeah, it coming? Yeah, they sound <laughs> I don't want to take anything away, but I didn't participate in the pick five, so, you know, who am I to talk? Um, but I'm <laughs> proud of you anyway, Ryan. Um, so, all right, Chalk Dust. Almost like almost gets into like a tweezer reprise kind of yeah. jam at the end. Like they were, they didn't want to, they didn't want to stop. And then you got got the Aculus in in the encore, it's crazy encore. Definitely, their shows that they're they're excited to be to be back and playing again. Yeah, and totally like fucks my chances for getting Aculus at MSG or anywhere this summer. <laughs> it's like definitely <laughs> okay, just keep chasing that one. Sorry. Sucks. It's all right. Sorry, Megan. No, it was exciting. It was exciting to hear. I actually, like, classic couch tour move. I was like, okay, well, it's probably going to be done after Makasuba Policeman, so yeah. I'm just going to go to bed. And then I woke up to fuck your face, Eculus, and Character Zero. I was like, mm, okay, I guess it's like that you get that, like, you shouldn't have missed out feeling, even if you just go to sleep on couch tour. But yeah, it's uh, it was fun. I felt like the whole encore just felt like tapping into that like old fun playful fish that we love so much and that is just like so what summer fish tour is all about for me and like should be is just like deep jams and like lots of fun and I feel like they really like got there towards the end of that show and had that spirit of both of those and I felt like you know you've got songs that have not been played in a while you know which is really exciting and it's fun to see those come out again. Yeah, our co-host who is driving and potentially watching right now, Jonathan, talked a lot. Um, I think he had really honest and 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 you know 
I don't want to say it was definitely criticism, but I think he he was uh, he, he pointed out that Spring Tour, while it had a ton of deep jams and was a really successful tour, I think overall, um, it didn't have a ton of humor. There wasn't like a Fishman mm-hmm. moment. There wasn't that tapping into that sort of like fish, you know, joking on stage manner where it, it suddenly, however many people in the crowd, however many thousands are there, it feels like you're just kind of back in Slade Hall with the band and they're just kind of fucking around and being like, why don't we just throw this into the show? And that encore felt in that spirit. And that mm-hmm. is a part of the fish energy where you know um uh my wife and i were watching the show last night and they started playing fuck your face and she was like was this like an amazing show like what is going on why are they playing this right now you know it's just kind of like the sentiment of like we're just throwing songs out there that are rare that are the type of songs that people tend to chase it was the first makasupa since santa barbara 2021 none in 2022 one of those songs that just kind of pops up once maybe twice a year had a really cool mellow little jam to it as well um it felt like what you want as you jump into a tour where the band doesn't necessarily want to leave the stage, you know, um, you sacrifice maybe one, two songs in your second set, maybe an extended jam, your second set, but they come back for the on corner, just like we're going to play right up until curfew. And we just, we have zero desire to leave the stage. So, um, really, really dug that. Um, I felt that everything from oblivion to the end was the strongest like run of the overall show. And, um, for me, I was feeling bits and pieces of the show up until then. It was the segment of the show where I was like, okay, we're good. Tour's starting. This is awesome. Everyone's happy again. And um, just really excited to see where this this whole thing goes. All right. So I just decided that I'm going to do one question per quick hit at the end. So Beautiful. Love it. Over, under, on 20-minute jams this tour. How many, shows back to this later. How many shows do um, we have? Probably, probably 20-ish. I'm going to go with 23. Okay, so I don't really know what this means. So you have to explain what it means. Okay, there's 23 shows, including dicks. Um, it okay. means how many, you guess how many 20-minute jams you think you, you think they'll play and then basically like over under in terms of you know do you think they'll if you say five then you're that's your guess and wait you said there are 23 shows not 20 23 i'm gonna change my answer you go Meg. Okay. <laughs> okay so how many jams out of 23 shows will go over 20 minutes yeah um 14 okay i'm gonna adjust mine to 18 Oh, you guys. All right. What do you think? What, right? What's I'm, yours? What did I'm Trey with, tell you? I'm going yeah. with seven. I'm going with seven. Oof. <laughs> I know. We're, we're, uh, I guess we're optimistic. <laughs> Depends how you look at it, you know? Okay, good. <laughs> it, it, it's the summer of micro jams, according to you. So we'll see. It could be. It could be. Could be. That's, what, that's the question. Um, all right. Well, this is, this is fun. We're going to be back tomorrow. Um, and... This is fun. I'm glad we're doing quick hits again. A couple of comments came in that people said, I was hoping you guys would do this again. So here we are and we'll be back tomorrow. Um, we don't know exactly what time, but around this time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll keep you on your toes. I'll put it out on all of our socials. We're just trying to keep everybody, you know, like guessing this year. It's exciting. I mean, you don't want anyone to be complacent, you know, during no. the sure. So. <laughs> no. Everybody right. has to be focused. Got to be focused. Important. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.